We are on to week seven of our foray into the life of Jesus given us by one of his followers, Matthew. My name's Ben, I'm one of the elders of the church here. And we're going to be diving into a new section of Matthew's account. Chapter 13 is full of parables that Jesus tells. Parables are what one person describes as stories with intent. And I like that. Jesus is telling stories with intent. But as we begin, we want to put ourselves into the situation, or as close as we can get to it, that Matthew is describing. Matthew tells us that the same day of the events that we looked at last week, Jesus leaves the house where he was and goes down to the lake, that is, the the Sea of Galilee. So there, verse 1 of the reading that Ian Fenton just read to us, that same day, day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. And the minute that Jesus leaves the house, the crowds crowd round him. They follow him. They want to hear what Jesus has got to say. And so as Jesus goes down to the lake, they follow him. Can you imagine what that looks like? Well, you don't have to this afternoon because one of our members has been there. And here are some of Ian Jones's holiday snaps. Okay, so they're going to be on the screen. Here is the Sea of Galilee. It's lovely, isn't it? Here's Ian and his friends out on the lake. And here is the view from the beach at the Capernaum probably where Jesus was. This is where these events are taking place. And because the crowds push in and gather around, Jesus gets in a boat, pushes out a little way, and then begins to teach them. Now apparently, if you do that in these places, these little coves on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, it creates a a little amphitheatre so that the person in the boat can speak normally and everybody on the shore can hear them clearly. And that's what Jesus does. He sits down in the boat and begins to tell them many things in parables. And he begins like this. In verse 3, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And the seed falls in different places on different grounds. I'm going to need some help now to remind us what they are. Um, So we're going to look around the room and see if we can find what those grounds are. So if everybody can just have a quick look under your seats. And uh, if you find something, just just stick it up in the air. That would be helpful. If you're at home, I promise you I've not been into your house. You don't have to search. Okay, here we go. Good. Oh, excellent. I think we found them. Okay. Let's start down here. Jane, what have you got? I'm sorry. Jane, you're live on the internet. You're going to have to speak up. The path. The the mass doesn't help, does it? The path. The seed fell on the path where it was immediately eaten up by the birds. Okay, uh, I'll look a bit further. Oh, oh. Oh, go on, Seth. What does it say? Rocky ground. Some seed fell on the rocky ground. And it starts to grow. And then the sun comes up and it dies. Go on then, at the back row. Uh, 
good soil. Oh, no, I've done the wrong order. We're coming back to that. (laughs) Esther? Thorny ground. The third seed fell on the thorny ground. And the thorns grow up and choke it to death. And then the fourth seed, good soil, thank you. And that seed produces a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. That is the story that Jesus told. Now imagine Jesus just says this. Whoever has ears, let them hear. I'm done. I'm not really done. But that's kind of what happens. Jesus tells the story and says, whoever has ears, hands up if you've got ears. Okay, I can spot the people who have already switched off. This is good. (laughs) If you've got ears, listen. And then he carries on. What does it mean? What are parables? What is this about? Well, that's what we're going to think about now in our our second point. Parables are a two-way street. See, the way that this chapter reads, it seems as though Jesus did exactly that. He abruptly stops after verse 9 and then carries on in verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And verses 10 to 23 seem to be an insert, something that happened later on that Matthew is put here to help us, to help us understand what parables are about. It's not as if in verse 10 the, par- the, the disciples go, Jesus, hold up, hold up, and then they wade out into the sea, jump in the boat and go, Jesus, before you carry on, just, just tell us. Matthew's saying this happens later. The other gospel accounts have got this in in Mark and in Luke, and they tell us that this happens in a a house whilst Jesus is on his own. But the disciples' question is, is valid, isn't it? Jesus, verse 10, why do you speak to the people in parables? And Jesus' reply is this. Guys, it's a kind of a code. I speak in this code, in parables, so that those who I want to hear and to understand can. And those that I don't want to, won't be able to understand. It would be like this. It would be like me saying to you now, Roin Digari D. Roin Digari D. A lot of blank faces in the room. That's because I wasn't talking to you. I was speaking Welsh. Badly, probably. And I was speaking to my wife, Libby, who's at home. And I said, I love you. And it was in Welsh and it was for her. But for the rest of you, it just sounds like gobbledygook. Welsh is a really weird language. That's what the parables do, Jesus says. To some people... They bless, but to others, they blur. They bless or they blur. I've just realised I've lost a page of my notes. This could go badly. There we go. So let's look at the blessing. Look down, back down again into your Bibles 
at verse 11. Jesus answers their question, the disciples' question. He says, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Jesus says, I speak in parables to bless you. You, he says, have been given a gift. The knowledge of of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. They have received this gift, the truth about Jesus. The truth about God's kingdom. The truth that God is moving in this world. And that God is acting. And that God is bringing things to a head in this world which is full of wickedness and brokenness. And he says... You've got the code. You have been given the gift. The gift of faith. The gift of being able to see Jesus and believe in him. And he says, because you've been given this gift of faith, here's what's going to happen. God's going to keep giving. God's going to keep blessings. Those who have more will be given. He goes further, look down at verse 16 and 17. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. He says, I speak in parables so that you, you who have been blessed by God may be blessed further. You might know more. Of who God is and how God is working. You may know more about God's kingdom. You might be prepared to be living it out. That's wonderful news. But God, Jesus says, there's also blurring. Parables are also about blurring. All of this blessing for the disciples is contrasted with Well, what we looked at last week, this generation, the people that Jesus is looking around, the crowds that are are crowded in and the religious leaders. For them, Jesus says, I speak in parables so that they might not see, so that they might not understand. So again, back to verse 11. You have been given the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven But they haven't. They don't see Jesus for who he is. They don't recognize God's hand in his ministry. And we could flick back to chapter 12 to see exactly that. People looking on Jesus doing wonderful things and going, this isn't from God. This must be be evil at work. And this is uncomfortable for us. Isn't Jesus supposed to be wonderful for everybody? Nice to everyone? Is Jesus being unfair? Look down at verse 13. This, Jesus says, is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. 
They don't get it. They can physically see Jesus, but they're not truly seeing him for who he is. They can physically hear what Jesus is saying, but there's no understanding in their inner selves, in their hearts. And Jesus says, this is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 6. And then verse 14, Isaiah chapter 6 quoted, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes or hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. These people, Jesus says, are blind and deaf and unfeeling. Their hearts are calloused. In our staff time, we've been looking at Psalm 119 and we were talking about that very word, calloused. And it literally means to be thick with fat. Their hearts are so surrounded by fattiness that they can't feel anything. Their hearts are hard towards God, hard towards God's purposes. Hard towards God's chosen king. And as Jesus goes to Isaiah chapter 6. One of the things he's doing. Is what's called a, a recapitulation. It's though history's happening over again. Because Isaiah chapter 6 tells us about a young man. Sent and chosen by God. To take his message to the people. And he's in Isaiah chapter 6, he's being prepared by God for what will happen when he takes God's message out. And God says to him, this ain't going to go well. This is going to be rough. You're not going to be universally accepted and loved and liked. People are going to reject you. And Jesus is using Isaiah 6 here to say, it's happening again. Here is Jesus sent by God. God's man on God's mission. Getting a rough reception, being rejected by men. But it's more than just history happening over. Because when Jesus quotes this, And he quotes Isaiah 6. He takes up the hope that comes in at the end of Isaiah 6 and this prophecy. Let me continue reading from where verse 15 lets off from Isaiah chapter 6. It'll be on the the screen. Then I, Isaiah, said, for how long, Lord? How long will people be like this? And he answered, God answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitants. Until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remain in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leaf stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. He paints a picture of utter destruction. God's right judgment on a people who have rejected him completely. But in the midst of all that, Isaiah, God through Isaiah says, there'll be hope. When it looks as though it has all gone to pot, there will be one righteous 
stump. There will be one holy seed left from which will come life. The holy seed. When all looks lost, there is hope. Hope that sinners might be saved. Hope that the wicked might be made righteous. Hope that people with calloused hearts might be given life. And hearts that are healed so that they might live and love. And so as Jesus goes back into Isaiah 6 to say, this is why I'm speaking in parables, he does so and brings out hope. Because he is the righteous seed. He is the holy seed that is beginning to produce life. And the disciples are the first bits of evidence that he's producing life in other people. And as he's speaking to the crowds, then therefore is hope that they too will be given the gift of faith. That they will be able to see who Jesus is and they will put their trust in him. As Jesus speaks these parables, as he sits in the boat, he does so in the knowledge that through him, God is planting and producing a crop. So here's the question as we move on to our final point. Are you listening to the king? Blessing or blurring? What impact are Jesus' words having in your life? Is it blessing or is it blurring? So let's go back to the parable. That's where Matthew takes us. Verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Think of the seed that's being sown. Look at verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So this was Jane's ground. Not Jane, but the one you sign you're holding up, Jane. Here we go. The path. As the message of the kingdom goes out, some of it lands on the path. And it is stolen away. The message, the word, does not even have a chance. There is no understanding. It's here and it's gone in an instant. And Jesus speaks about the reality of an enemy of the king who wants to snatch away the good news of the message of his kingdom. But some falls on rocky ground. Hold that up for me, Eli. Rocky ground. And that seed is suffocated no sorry is sunburnt sorry read the wrong one sunburnt there's initial joy initially there's like wow what good news but there's no depth to that there's no pushing into the reality there's no what Matthew wants us to point us towards there's no understanding of how this is truly good news for all of life And then the third one, Esther. Thorny ground. Some of the seed goes into the ground, 
But the problem is what's around him. And that seed gets suffocated. It gets choked. Do you see what it's choked by? Verse 22. The worries of this life. And the deceitfulness of wealth. And it produces no fruit. It doesn't do what seed is supposed to do. But then there's good soil. Part four. There we go. Good soil. Where the word, the message of the kingdom of God comes. And it takes root. And it works its way into the heart. And into the mind. And into the living of the person who hears it. And it changes everything. And it produces a crop. A hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. So as we finish up, here are some key takeaways for us from this parable. And the first one is this. As Jesus speaks to his disciples, remember, they are being blessed as Jesus is speaking to them about the kingdom. What will it be like? He says, not all will accept the message. But Jesus, if you're the king of the whole world, if God is making everything right and good and true, surely everybody will believe such good news. And Jesus says, no, they won't. The Jews were expecting God to come in an instant. And they were expecting, at the very least, all of them to be included in the kingdom. And Jesus says, no. Many will not accept. And this is not a mathematical equation where we can go, well, 25% and 20 It's not that. Jesus is just making the point. Not everyone will accept the good news. But some will. Some will. As the message of the kingdom goes out, some will hear and will believe. They will have the gift of faith to trust in Jesus and they will see that Jesus is the evidence that this is all true because it's all worked out in his life and his ministry and they will believe and find life in his name. So we've got to be a people who share this message in the expectation that not all will receive it but in the sure knowledge that some will. Secondly, the kingdom will grow. We just mentioned that the Jews were expecting all of, the, all of this to happen at once, an instantaneous coup. That God's king would come and defeat everybody and it would be bang. And Jesus says, here's what the kingdom's like. I'm going to plant a seed. And we're going to wait. We're going to wait. And it's going to take time. Maybe you've done that seed planting thing in school. Maybe even this year you've done some in homeschool, planting cress. And cress comes up pretty quickly, but a lot of things don't. Planting a seed. And the kingdom will grow. But it'll take time. Jesus also says there's growing to do. So as we look at ourselves and we look at our church, we should recognise and have patience in God's process of growth. And as we look outside of ourselves to our world 
and think, well, God is one day going to, to bring all things to a head. There is a heaven to look forward to. There is a new heavens and a new earth and where God will reign and everybody will acknowledge King Jesus. But we're going towards that. We're in a process of change and we need patience with ourselves and with one another and with God. But let's land this with our final takeaway, which is the question, are you listening to the king? As Jesus speaks, as his word comes, are we listening? You see, all the dangers that Jesus mentions in the unfruitful seed don't stop being dangers for the seed in the good soil. You know, the sun will still come out. There will still probably be thorns around. There is still an enemy who longs to snatch away the seed to do damage. And we've got to ask ourselves the question, even as those who have been given the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, are we still seeking to listen to King Jesus? Are we aware of the dangers that Jesus reveals? Are we aware that worries can come up and choke out our dependence and our belief in Jesus? Are we aware that wealth can deceive us in terms of how we are depending on King Jesus? We've talked before about how our wealth, our relative wealth, means that we are not as dependent on God as we, as we ought to be. It's easy to be dependent on our bank balances, on the wage that will come in at the end of the month, on the fact that our fridges are mostly full. Are we aware that to listen to King Jesus means that we need to push on? We need to set down the roots for our lives into him. And we need to keep growing. The evidence of good soil is not that all those things aren't challenges. But the evidence that we are good soil is that we keep looking to Jesus and keep growing despite them. The kingdom of God has come. Jesus speaks to the crowds and to his disciples. And the kingdom of God is here. The question is, are we listening to the king let's pray father god we confess that often we don't listen to jesus we're often distracted father sometimes we we just have cold hearts unfeeling hearts we ask your forgiveness for that and we thank you lord that you are faithful even when we are faithless And we pray you would stir within us a desire to listen again to the voice of Jesus. Thank you for your spirit at work in each one of your people. Applying, taking hold of these words of Jesus so that we might continue to grow. Lord, that we might be fruitful. Lord, we pray, help us to get on board with your plan, your mission ultimately with your king we pray in his name in the name of king jesus 
Amen.